Thank you for clicking on the Sean B show today. I'm glad you're here. This episode was recorded on January 4th, 2023 at the edge construction studio. Listen, edge construction is the masters of all things. Construction site development, dirt work. You need anything done construction wise. They got you. Call my man, Brian Jones, 812-343-3035. They can take care of you. Good business people. Good people in general, they are. Big fan. Also, main character and company. Another big sponsor of the show. My wife, Sarah Marie Burton. Helping you look good, feel good, be your best. Get them lashes extended. Get that color and style on. Feel better. Moving into 2024. That's the thing. We got to feel good, right? We're going to feel good. We're going to play good. The Sean B. Show today, talking natty. College natty. A little soon for that. Still more chatter to go. But what we have today, we talked about it. So enjoy it. See you soon. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome into The Sean B. Show. It is Thursday, January 4th. 2024. And the Sean B show is live on YouTube at Second String Media and and on TikTok. What up? How we doing? A lot to talk about today, okay? I wanted to do this today because because honestly this weekend shows are going to be so NFL centric because week 18 has so much packed into it. I know a lot of people are big college football guys, big college football fans, whatever you may be. Um, I, I wanted to give this national championship game a show kind of of its own uh, where, where we basically just focus on, on breaking down this national title game um, as, as well as we can. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting here pretending to be some kind of analyst or anything. I just want to go over stuff, talk about stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to be like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to sit here and pretend to be some college football guru that, uh, that just, uh, you know, knows everything. I don't know everything. I know my interpretation of the game. I know I'm a sports better and I know how I'll I, I will figure out how to bet this game and kind of where to go from there. But uh, no, I'm not some like college football guru or anything, but I definitely want to give this uh, game the conversation it deserves. And of course, on Saturday and Sunday, whilst going over NFL week 18, we will also discuss more about this college game. It just won't be quite the discussion that we're going to have today about it. So Get in the comments on TikTok or on YouTube. Um, some of some of you are watching on Facebook. That's fine too. Uh, but uh, you know, if you want to help these streams out that we do in here, you know, be it the Mind Snacks podcast we were on last night, great show last night. Go check that out on Spotify and iTunes. But if you want to help us out, go to YouTube.com at Second String Media and just subscribe. And get that notification bell. Hell, if you're on TikTok watching and you're just like watching live on TikTok, go to TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. 2SM Prez. Got a few podcasts that we do out of this studio 
that is wildly changing. I know a lot of people notice and they, they comment, you know, why is it just a plain white background behind you? We're working on it. Okay. We're working on it. I want you guys to know we're working on it. So yeah, help us out. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on TikTok. Uh, myself at two S M Prez. Um, that's my personal TikTok account, but, uh, you know, we're growing. Okay. We're going to grow it. We're going to get there. All right. How are all you people doing today? I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. It's day four of new year's resolutions. And I hope everybody's still sticking to their shit. Hardcore. I know I have done my best, but you know, it's a, it's a, we're just busy as adults, right? Like I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like it's just a busy time as, as, as adults. And uh, it's tough. You know, we've got a lot of changes. A lot of my personal resolutions involve what's going on in this studio and, and the new look we're trying to create in here so that we can become more creative and get better content out at the end of the day. So that's what we're trying to do. And uh, it's, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm, 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 I'm stoked. I think the, my favorite resolution that I made this year is that this business and this, this, this production that we do in here will look wildly different. It will be unrecognizable from today to this time next year. So that being said, today is about college football. Today is about talking natty. Uh, and you can't discuss natty without discussing the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Little run-throughs there. Um, Going to compare these two teams, Michigan and Washington. But, uh, you know, at first we must discuss what Michigan was able to do against Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Now, a lot of people thought Alabama's going to come in and win this game. Michigan having a tough time getting to this national championship game. Last year, of course, we remember the TCU game. Michigan got off to a slow start and never could recover. Uh, the Crimson Tide are who the Crimson Tide are. Yeah, any, any team coached by Nick Saban is going to be it's going to be tough and just it is what it is. The thing I saw with Alabama here is that Michigan, they've got that number 2 passing defense in the country. Jalen Milrow only 116 yards in the air. Alabama very one-dimensional and even at that, Jace McClellan 87 yards and two tuds like did a great job carrying the ball 14 times. But this Michigan defense is going to stifle you. And this is my fear with Washington, and I'll discuss this when we get to Washington. Let's go. Nick Graham's in the comments, big Wolverine guy. Um, Michigan is just this this defense is so stifling that everybody's going to have trouble, especially if they make you one-dimensional. Now, Alabama, like this game was gritty. Like this was a great game, and I said this to, to people while we were watching, and I said, you know, this may very where it will be your national championship game. Um, this is just, to me, I don't know. But then again, I'll say this. I think this game has a different makeup if Georgia were involved, if Georgia were that four seed in the college football playoff. I think a, a lot of people are glad they weren't because I think Georgia's a better football team than Alabama despite the result of the SEC championship game, which ultimately got Alabama here. But Michigan made them, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but I think it was a half a dimension either way. Isaiah Bond, four catches for 47 yards. That's not normal. 
Jason McClellan, 87 yards and two tuds. That's it. That's a good game. But that's, I mean, Milrow only having 116 yards through the air, 16 to 23. I, I just don't know if if that was ever going to be enough for Alabama to do what they do. I mean, Isaiah Bond was their leading receiver at 47 yards. Of course, Milrow only had 116, but like this Alabama team was struggling to find something to do. This Michigan defense played really well. Michigan, on the other hand, J.J. McCarthy, three passing duds, 17 to 27, 221, three tuds. That's not a J.J. McCarthy line at all. <clears throat> Blake Corum, of course, doing Blake Corum things, he's always going to do that. The fact that he only had 83 yards is, is a surprise. He's an 1,100-yard rusher. But uh, that's that's that, to me, is your Michigan X factor, Blake Corum. And I knew that when I went to bet this game and I saw that Blake Corum was minus 300 to score a touchdown. That is an insane number. That's that's a better than Christian McCaffrey number to score a touchdown in this game. That's unbelievable. And, of course, Corum did get his touchdown. Matter of fact, he had two. He had a rushing tut and a receiving tut. 35 yards in the air. Roman Wilson leading the charge for the receiving core of Michigan. Of course, 73 yards in a tud. Tyler Morris coming out with another 45 in a tud. Uh, but J.J. McCarthy, to me, he was the guy that he was the guy that made the difference in this game. Because J.J. McCarthy, I, I like J.J. McCarthy. I don't know that he's a next-level quarterback by any means. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure he's not. But but as a as a Wolverine, like he's he's been kind of that. That that Harbaugh offense game manager, and but in this game to come out assert himself, two hundred twenty one yards, three touchdowns against against the Crimson Tide in the Rose Bowl, that's a great game, and that to me was the difference in this football game. That was the dimension that Alabama couldn't stop. Michigan not the not an overly powerful offense, just a really good defense, just a really really good defense. And look, the Tide, you know, couple field goals. Couple field goals, couple tuds. This Michigan defense played well. Here's my fear. Here's my fear. When you talk about the Huskies, now we're going to move over here. We're going to see what won this game for the Huskies. And it's the same thing that wins every game for the Huskies. It's Michael Penix Jr., 29 of 38, 38 passing attempts, 430 yards, two touchdowns in the air. Ran for another 31. Dylan Johnson only having 49 yards, a little wild. Dylan Johnson's their, their, their guy. Now he's an 1,100-yard rushing guy too. But overall, Washington's not even in the top 50 nationally in rushing offense. So this is a very, very one-dimensional rushing offense. This was another great football game. One thing I will say, and I know they did this shit on purpose because ESPN runs this shit. What they got was two very good football games, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, two great football games. And that's not what they got last year. Last year, they last year Michigan TCU was just not a good football game. Georgia nobody came close to beating Georgia last year. 
What they didn't want was another, what was that, a 56-point win in the national championship game? <clears throat> the Natty? The Natty 56-point win? Is that what that was, I think? Not important. It was a big win nonetheless. Georgia dominated TCU. And ESPN and their people wasn't having that ever again. Now, what I'm excited about next year, this 12-team playoff, I don't know if that's going to make the games themselves any better. I know what it's going to create is it's going to create some matchups early in that tournament that might be a little one-sided. But the way they seed that thing, the way they seed this 12-team tournament, it's going to – I've said this a long time. If they would actually put together an end-of-season football tournament for college football – the culmination of this thing would be bigger than the Super Bowl. Now, the college football playoff has been close. It's been really good. Last year was not good. Last year was last year was dog shit, but it didn't matter because Georgia was going to win always last year. Nobody was touching fucking Georgia last year. This year, Georgia looked like they might have that same dog in them. And what sucks is, I truly believe, and I don't mean any disrespect to Michigan fans, but I truly believe that had Georgia won that SEC championship this weekend, you'd be seeing Georgia versus Washington. And I mean that, and I hate that. I don't want Michigan fans to boo me and whatever, whatever, talking shit. I'm not. I'm just saying. Call me wrong. Again, Michigan's defense is really good. Really good. Penix, though, 432 touchdowns. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when the number one passing offense in the country meets the number two passing defense in the country? Washington averages 350 yards a game through the air. Averages 350 a game through the air. Michigan averages allowing 152.6 yards a game through the air. That's a 200-yard swing. Now, Penix is really good. Heisman candidate. A lot of people thought he should have won it. That kid from LSU, God. Jaden Daniels. We'll see what happens to him. But Penix was a Heisman candidate the last two years. His His line from the Sugar Bowl is remarkable. 29 to 38, 432 tuds. It's a remarkable line and a way to win a very good football game. He was obviously the guy. But uh, this Michigan passing defense is so good. It's so good. So I don't know what uh, I don't know what's gonna come of this. But I'll tell you what, I know how I'm gonna bet it. I'm going to make the Michigan fans happy when I say this. I don't know if I can bet. I don't know if I can bet an over in this game. It's a 55 and a half. And I'm looking at the Michigan-Alabama score that only got to 47. It's two good defenses. Michigan doesn't necessarily win their football games by being overwhelming on offense. I mean, at the end of regulation, it was 20 to 20. That's a relatively low scoring college football game. 
I'm cray cray. I'm cray cray. That's okay. That's okay. Under 55 and a half. However, I do think Michigan wins this game by more than a possession. I want to be stymied, though. My desire to be stymied. A lot of people took Washington in the, in the four and a half. <clears throat> I think Michigan's defense is too good. Way too good. Washington doesn't see anything in the Pac-12 like they're about to see from the Big Ten. And they move to the Big Ten next year. These guys play each other again next year. Washington doesn't see anything in the Pac-12, which hasn't won a national championship since 2004, like what they're about to see in Houston, Texas, at Energy Stadium from the Michigan Wolverines. Take the under Michigan wins by dub digits, 31-14. We said that last night. We said that last night. And again, I say definitely the under. 55 and a half is a big number. I hate betting unders. I absolutely hate betting unders. But I'll tell you this much. The way I see this game, if this game hits the over, if this game hits the over, it'll be because Washington found a way to let loose offensively. And I I don't see it happening. I do not see that happening. So under 55 and a half to me is an easy bet, even though I hate betting unders. Under 55 and a half, I do think Michigan wins. I won't say double digits. I won't say 31-14, but I, I like your style there, Nick. 31-14. I don't know if, I mean, Washington's defense is good enough to be where they are. Good enough to be where they are. I'll say that'll be an interesting matchup. Washington's defense against Michigan's offense. That'll be an interesting matchup. That's the two two phases of these two teams that you don't hear about as much. And again, if J.J. McCarthy comes out and has another game like he did against Alabama, you know, then you're talking X factor. But I'll say this still. McCarthy didn't, I mean, he was, so McCarthy threw for 221 yards, three touchdowns. That's not a J.J. McCarthy line. Good game. Corum tacked on another 83 with a rushing touch. All those things happening. And Michigan still only scored 27 points. So that's my concern is the Michigan offense. How well can this Washington defense respond to that opportunity? Penix and the Washington offense are going to have fits all day long. They're going to have fits. That doesn't mean they can't overcome them, but they're going to have fits. Michigan's defense is ridiculous, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid for this. I'm afraid Washington is going to be so Rush for three, throw for one. That makes more sense. That's more of a Michigan thing. For J.J. to have three passing touchdowns. Now, one of them was to Blake Corum.
But I think that I think that where you're going to see this game decided is the fact that Washington is going to need a lot from their run game. They're going to need to soften up this secondary, soften up this Michigan secondary with some measurable amount of run game. And Michigan, yeah, they're not a highly ranked rushing defense. They're a good rushing defense, but they're not like highly ranked like their passing defense is. I guess they're number six rushing defense. God, never mind. Never mind. I looked down on my own fucking notes. Number six rushing defense. They allow 87.1 yards a game. My own fucking notes corrected me. So you got a feeling that Washington's going to just kind of be forced to be one-dimensional, and that's not a position you want to be in in this game. That's not a good place for the Huskies to be. And again, this Michigan defense is nothing, nothing like they've seen in the Pac-12. Nothing. Pac-12 going away after this year. Washington trying to send the Pac-12 out with a championship before they contribute to the disbandment of the Pac-12. Two muff punt punt returns played a major factor in the final score of that game. Absolutely it did. But those, those incidental things happen. They happen. This is a huge stage for a lot of these guys. Those, those incidental things happen. Like I said, the most impressive thing for me from the, from, the, from the Rose Bowl was the play of J.J. McCarthy. The play of J.J. McCarthy was most impressive to me. He was the guy. It's Yeah, I know Blake Corham had a good game too, but it's, not, it's tough to be impressed by Blake Corham. He's very good. He's going to give Washington absolute fits. And that's why I think you'll see McCarthy's line drop a lot because I think Blake Corum, you know, Washington doesn't have near the rushing defense Alabama does. Blake Corum, I think, is going to have a day. I, 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 I'm going to see. I'm going to see here. Let's look at some player props because I like Blake Corum to have a massive day in this game. Uh, over 106 and a half. Yeah, I can I can take that. I can take Blake Horm over 106 and a half. Washington's defense isn't even in the top 50 in a run defense. Team scored nine and a half points a game against Michigan. Nine and a half points a game. Washington scores 37.6 a game. They're going to score more than nine points. To me, this isn't, it's not a tough game to bet, Nick. Not a tough game to bet at all. That prop for Blake Corum, 106 and a half is a big number for a college running back. That's the key to Michigan winning this game. Blake Corum dominating the Washington defense. Maybe McCarthy, too. I mean, McCarthy's passing yards are down at 196 and a half. They've got Penix over 290 and a half passing yards. To me, that uh, I hate betting unders. 106.5 all day long. He'll have 25 carries. Well, right. He had 19 against Alabama. 
in a game where McCarthy threw the ball 27 times. Penix over 290 and a half in the air. I don't like it. I don't like it. Number two, total passing defense. So Michigan average is giving up 152.6 yards per game through the air. Penix, a Heisman candidate nonetheless. Over 290 and a half. Nah, bro. Listen, here's what I'll tell you about betting Alabama because I bet this. Jalen Milrose passing over was 223 and a half. 223 and a half in the Rose Bowl. And I bet that shit. 223 and a half through for 116. Just over half of that. I bet that shit. Only because I thought Alabama, I thought Michigan was going to dominate Alabama. I thought Alabama was going to be playing from behind the whole time. And that wasn't the case at all. I give Alabama props. I don't think they belonged anywhere near this tournament. Prove a guy wrong. But even then, Michigan still go Michigan. Yeah, they give up 87.1 rushing yards a game. They gave up almost 200 here. 150, 181, 192, 191. 191 rushing yards. Uh, 172. That's not what the math says. I quit trying to follow this shit. (laughs) Michigan's passing defense number two in the country. They only give up 116 yards to Alabama. 172 rushing yards, which is actually more than double their average. Alabama did a good job on the ground. 288 total yards. Alabama's lowest total of the season. Again, Michigan's very good defensively, and that's where Washington's going to have fits because I feel like Washington is too one-dimensional offensively. Everything runs through Penix. Everything runs through Penix. Now, Dylan Johnson's very good running back. Very good running back. 49 yards on the ground in the Sugar Bowl. In a close game. 21 carries for 49 yards. 2.3 a carry. It's not a good number. Not a good number at all. You dive into this game and you dig into the numbers. And again, numbers don't mean everything. Look, what matters is what teams show up to NRG Stadium Monday night in Houston for the Natty. That's what matters. But a lot of times numbers don't lie. You dive into this thing. Penix's passing numbers are overwhelmingly good. Michigan's passing defense numbers are overwhelmingly good. So let's go to the Rose Bowl. Jalen Milrow, 116 yards through the air. McClellan did a good job running, but that's all they had. Isaiah Bond, 47 yards. Not normal. Michigan is going to overwhelm Alabama. Is absolutely going to overwhelm Alabama. I 100% believe that. 
I've got no qualms in saying that. Diving into the numbers, Alabama, not Alabama. Michigan is going to overwhelm Washington. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I'm stuck on this. How close this game stays will depend on Michael Penix Jr. I like Blake Corms rushing over. I think Nick's right. He will carry the ball 25 times. And mostly because I think, again, I think Washington will be playing from behind. Blake Corm over 106.5. Penix Jr. over 290.5. Let's go see some. Let's go see some receiving yards. Huskies. Mm. I like Jalen Polk's number. Jalen Polk is the number I like. Um, Romo Dunze. Is way too high at 89 and a half. Jalen McMillan is at 61 and a half, where he was right around there against Texas. Uh, Jalen Polk, 51 and a half. He had a buck 22 against Texas. 51 and a half out of that offense that mostly is that offense. If I'm going with a Husky to meet numbers, Jalen Polk is where I'm going. Jalen Polk over 51 and a half rushing or uh, receiving yards. Could also look at Jack West over. I don't think 27 and a half is a highly unattainable number. Again, it's just so much is going to depend on what Michigan does to this, to this offense. It's going to be one dimensional. It's going to be one dimensional, but not the dimension you think. Washington's going to have to figure out how to get a passing game going. Dylan Johnson could soften up the defense, maybe get a little bit going underneath. That's not necessarily Washington's game. I don't know. Let's break this down all the way. We've talked enough. There's been enough chatter. So here's the bet. Here's the bet. You've got good odds on Washington to win the game, and I'm, I'm actually a little surprised it's this close. Having, having kind of taken this last half an hour to go through all these numbers and dive into this deep, it's hard. It's hard to think that Washington to win is only plus 158. It's hard to sit here and think that the spread is only four and a half. I don't go anywhere near that over at 55 and a half based on just how good Michigan's defense is. I don't go anywhere near uh, Michael Penix Jr.'s passing over at 290 and a half. Again, I, I, I say these things. I want to be proven wrong. I want to be wrong. But this is just me as a better. Penix to go over 290 and a half to get near 300 on Michigan. I don't know. I don't know. I think Washington's got a tough, got, got a real tough night coming. Michigan minus four and a half is an easy bet for me. Um, I like Blake Corum. One hundred six and a half is high. It's high, and I and I say that looking at it from like a like I look at a lot of NFL rushing overs, and you don't see a lot of NFL rushing overs. You don't see a lot of guys where their over is one hundred six and a half, but the odds on it are even. 
And it's minus 117 for him to rush over 106 and a half. Somebody thinks he's going big. Um, Romo Dunze's yards, I don't go anywhere near that over at 89 and a half. I like Jalen Polk's number at 51 and a half. Also like Westover, even though the odds aren't that good. Wolverines. It's just so hard with Wolverines receivers because he's going to throw to whoever. He's going to throw to whoever. You know, I would have thought that uh, Cornelius Johnson would have had a better game against Alabama. In fact, I had his over. He had two catches for 12 yards. Roman Wilson was a stud. 73 yards and a tutty. Roman Wilson over 47 and a half is a number I can get on board with. Cornelius Johnson's down there at 39 and a half. Gotta think you're you gotta think you're you might be okay there. Colson Loveland. I don't know. Roman Wilson is the one I like at 47 and a half. If you're looking to bet a Wolverines receiver to get there over. 47 and a half yards. Roman Wilson. Love it. Final bet, Michigan, minus four and a half. That's the best bet. Under 55 and a half, if you bet unders, bet that one. I'm going to write all this down. Remember what I said. Michigan minus four and a half to me is the best bet on this slate. Under 55 and a half. And then, of course, the player props. I don't like Penix to get anywhere near his yards. I like Quorum over rushing yards at 106.5. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, those are the ones I like the most. The more I think about it, the more I think maybe, maybe betting a Michael Penix under is a terrible idea. God, this Michigan's defense just so good. 290.5. 290 and a half. Michigan average is giving up almost half that. Just a little more than half that. Tough call there. Michigan minus four and a half. That's the best bet of the ball game. All right, Sean B. Show has expired its knowledge of this national championship game. We'll continue again. Like I said, a little early to have this conversation, but I wanted to dive into this and get opinions from people as early as possible because I know that we're going to spend most of our time this weekend talking about NFL Week 18 because there's so much on the line. There's so much on the line Week 18 in the NFL season, especially if you're like me and you're a guy who's a fan of the Indianapolis Colts. So much on the line. I know my buddy Nick Graham's a big Lions fan for whatever reason. Maybe it's because he's from that area. But uh, Lions win the NFC North. I'd be remiss if I didn't take a, a few minutes, because I know you guys know that uh, in this room, we are. Uh, this is a house of the Indiana Pacers. And I'd be remiss not to talk about this basketball game that took place last night. I told my buddy Pete, my buddy Pete, and I don't mean to throw him under the bus, but my buddy Pete took the under on this game at 150 or 253 and a half. The under 
on a Pacers-Bucks game is the craziest bet this season that you can make is the under on a Pacers-Bucks game. He took the under at 253.5. Sounds like a big number. You could have taken the over at 171.5, and you'd have got there. The big surprise, though, Pacers win by 12 last night, uh, completing, I'm going to call it dominance of the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to call it dominance of the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? Because, you know, you look at Giannis again last night, 26 and 11, okay? Middleton had a good night. Dame had a good night. Pacers, too much. Tyrese Halliburton, 31 and 12. 31 and 12. At Pacers bench doing the work again, topping with 15 off the bench. Matherin, another 16. Buddy, 10. Isaiah, 9. But Hallie was the star last night. 31 points, 12 dimes. Pacers win 142 to 130. Crazy. Crazy talk, right? Pacers dominating the Bucks this year. That's four wins against Milwaukee. One loss. Three regular season wins, one in-season tournament semifinal win. And then, of course, one regular season loss. Pacers owning the Bucks this year. Bucks still in second place up there, 24 and 10. Think about this. That semifinal, I don't believe, counted toward the regular season record. So we're going to say it doesn't. So we're going to remove that. Ten losses for the Bucks this season, three of them at the hands of those pesky Pacers out of Indianapolis. Pacers are 19 and 14 this year, seven games behind Boston, only five and a half behind Milwaukee, sitting fifth in the Eastern Conference as we speak. And look, tough schedule coming up. All right, they're going to Atlanta tomorrow, going to Denver Sunday, Utah Monday, and then out to Sacramento, West Coast road trip, West Coast, road, West Coast road trip's always scary um, in a place where the Pacers have played very well as of late. After having their little skid, the Pacers have won. What's that now? One, two, three, four, five in a row. Five in a row for the Pacers. What you need heading into a West Coast road trip, okay, but five in a row for the Pacers. That's what's up. That's coming off of a skid where they lost Six, seven in a row. Yeah. So, five and seven. Yeah, zero turnovers. That's the story of Tyrese Halliburton. The other night, I said something. He had a damn near triple-double. It was 26, 11, and nine. And I said, said, but, you know, he had two fucking turnovers. So what's this guy's problem? Do we have a Tyrese Halliburton issue? All these assists, but now he's turning the ball over twice a game? The fuck's going on? That's been the story with Tyrese, man. All these assists, all these huge numbers, all while not turning the ball over. And that's been that's been the big thing with Tyrese with Hallie. Not turning the basketball over. Uh it's a it's a pretty important thing for a point guard to do. And uh Tyrese Halliburton does it God, doing it so well. He's had a remarkable year. He's getting all the love that he deserves. He probably deserves more love than what he's getting. 
But uh, we're going to look here. Let's look. Uh, this goes some recent games. Recent games. Here we go. Assists, 12. Double, double in his last five games. Double figure in assists. 12, 11, 23, 20, 10. That's 30, 53, 64, 70, 76 assists. And seven turnovers in his last five games. 76 assists to seven turnovers in his last game. Yeah, and then I'm looking, I'm looking at the last five. I'm looking at the last five where he had, because he had 10 against Houston. Yeah, 76 assists, seven turnovers. In this Houston game that you're not including, Brady had 10 assists and three turnovers. So the math adds up, the math maths. That's a great thing. Tyrese Halliburton deserves all the love that this league will give him. He's going to be an all-star. I don't know if he's in anybody's MVP conversation right now, He's absolutely driving the Pacers to the position they're in. Last year, they fell apart when they lost him. This year, he's been the driving force. The numbers that he is creating are just, they're, without turning the basketball over, 76 assists, seven turnovers, last five games. That's nasty. That's absolutely nasty. Hallie, baby. That's the, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. Speaking of basketball, speaking of basketball, the Hoosiers. What's going to happen as this Big Ten season starts? Well, I'll tell you, it didn't start pretty. Not at all. I don't know what the fuck. I, I don't know what. I mean, Kella Ware's been good. Xavier Johnson comes back last night, gets the start. No points, two boards, three dimes. Who's done with Xavier Johnson? Guard play must get better. Yeah. 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 Guard play must get better. Guards must get better. The, the, the thing about this Hoosier team is they're really good up front. Malik Renew's had a great year so far. Mbako's coming around. Kella Ware's been, been a stud. They're, the the backcourt, there's just nobody. There's nobody. I mean, the most exciting player is Trey Galloway. <laughs> Gabe Cups is afraid to shoot, it seems like. At least he doesn't turn the ball over like Xavier Johnson does. <laughs> Anthony Leal's exciting when he comes off the bench. I I don't there's just nothing going on in this Hoosier backcourt. It's not that I don't even know that it's guard play must get better. We need to get better guards. Xavier Johnson's been in college since I can remember. And and Trey Galloway is that that prototypical Hoosier six man kid that comes in and works really hard. 
and he's had some bright spots, but I don't know. I don't see Trey Galloway starting on a team that I don't want to shit on anybody. Last night was atrocious. Last night was atrocious. And look, a lot of people out there saying that the Hoosiers are going to start the Big Tens. They're going to lose six of their next seven. Six of their next seven. Let's look at these games. Now, I believe that it was including the Nebraska game. So the only win the Hoosiers have coming up is at home against Minnesota next Friday. <clears throat> Ohio State at home. Rutgers in Piscataway. Minnesota. Of course, Purdue comes to town on Tuesday the 16th. Wisconsin. Illinois. Tough schedule coming up. Rutgers in Piscataway. That's never easy. Ohio State comes to Indiana. Let's find ourselves a betting line on that game. NCAA. Man. I don't know how far we're down we're going to have to go. It's probably not even out yet. That's Saturday. It's probably not even there yet. I don't know, man. I do think this Hoosier team can win 20 games. Last night was extremely discouraging. But I think we can win 20 games, get in the tournament. And at this point, with no backcourt, <coughs> that's, yeah, X is older than Hallett. With no backcourt, the, the idea of a deep run, the deep run we want to make every year, Throw it out. And that's not who I am as a person. I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. I'm not going to say this is a Coach Woodson problem yet. I'm not there yet. But I feel like we should have I feel like we should have a backcourt. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know where they missed. You gotta be big in the Big Ten. I understand that. Kella Ware's got a Zach Eady problem coming to town. You got to be big in the Big Ten. But but guard play is mean. Think of all the standout college guards that have won national titles. When I think of historic college basketball teams, I, I don't I don't think of who their front court was. I got. I got I got two two guards in my head, point guards in my head. Even when I think about the last Indiana team to go to the national championship game, Jared Jeffries was a three. But I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Tom Coverdale. That's what I'm thinking about. Guard play, so important. And I don't know why our roster lacks capable guards but it does it's not pretty Liam McNeely's coming next year All right. we'll see how this goes I don't, I don't know that I love it I don't know that I love it you know what no reason to stick on the negatives college football natty is Monday night January 8th at 7.30pm Energy Stadium in Houston and this weekend this weekend, I'm going to be in here Saturday and Sunday. 
because there's so much to talk about. NFL Week 18, so much to talk about. All the scenarios. It's an exciting time, dude. It's the most exciting time in, in the NFL season. It's the end. Who's going to get in the playoffs? Who's going to get left out of the playoffs? As a Colts fan, we've been in this position for the last few years where it's like, all right, last year we were not in this position. But before that, like, you know, think about having to go to Jacksonville and win, where everybody everybody knew we were going to win in Jacksonville and get into the playoffs, and then we didn't. You think about all these things that, you know, where it's just like comes down to the last week for the Colts, and here we are again, a home matchup with a division opponent for a spot in the playoffs. If Mike Vrabel keeps his promise and Tennessee doesn't mail it in, could be a battle for the division. Tila on the Jags not playing up that well. Not playing that well. Yeah, they got to yeah, they got to hit up the portal. They got to do something, Braden. There's no guards. What do I think of the new UFL? You're going to check it out. Of course. I've checked out the XFL, I've checked out the USFL. I like the idea of a minor football league a lot. I, I like the idea of a minor league football. Um, and I don't think it's a situation where any of these teams would ever be able to compete with NFL teams. And and I don't think they have to. But a, but a situation where, where people could go and develop. You know, football's always had the you got to be three years out of high school rule before you can go to the NFL. But, you know, an option where kids don't necessarily have to play in college. They can go play here in this league, get some film on them, get some – I mean, that, and that's what these leagues are designed for, for guys that need to have film out there on them. Go get some film on you, play in these leagues. So we'll see what the UFL does. I mean, you're combining financial forces, uh, marketing forces. You know, I, I, think, I think an off-season minor league football you know, operation – I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think it can be a great thing. So we'll see. As long as The Rock's still involved. I, I want The Rock involved. That's what I want. The Rock's got to be involved. Or I'm fucking out. <laughs> Give me Rocky. Give me Rocky. It's cold as shit in here. All right. That has been the Sean B. Show. We're going to call it a day. All right, I ran over on Tuesday, so I'm getting my minutes back by not running over today. Uh, guys, make sure to check out our sponsors, okay? Main Character and Company, M-A-N-E, Character and Company on Facebook. You want to get them lashes done? You want to get that hair did? Main Character and Company. Go check them out. That's Wifey's Company. Sarah Marie Burton doing the thing, all right? Just opened up, started 2024, Main Character and Company. Lash extensions, Color and style. You want to feel good? You want to look good? You want to treat yourself? Hit up Main Character Company on Facebook. Go see Wifey. Also, of course, I'd be remiss to not tell everybody on YouTube that we're doing right here in the Edge Construction Studio. Edge Construction, the masters of all things construction. Call my man Brian Jones, 343-3035. Site development, dirt work, construction solutions. Let him know. This has been a podcast. I'll see you guys later.